0: The ancient Greeks thought Zeus caused lightning to shoot across the sky. Although we know now that it has more to do with clouds and weather than an angry god, there are still plenty of myths and just plain confusion about lightning and lightning safety. Joining us now on today's Please Explain to clear up some of those things is meteorologist Ronald Holly. He studied lightning for decades with the National Ocean Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration works these days as a consultant with Vaisala, an international company that makes weather tracking equipment. Mr. Holly is the author or co-author of seventy-one formally reviewed journal papers, fifteen books, and book chapters. And I'm very pleased to welcome him to our show now. Hello. Good morning. Uh, and if we, if our, any of our listeners have a question about how lightning works or how to protect yourself during a storm or if you've had a close call or even been struck by lightning, we invite you to give us a call at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at WMYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And Ron, you said good morning because you're in Tucson, Arizona. It's still morning there. Uh, Oh, yes. Is the Southwest an area where we see more lightning because of those incredible skies than other parts of the country?
1: Well, I like to call Tucson the lightning photography capital of the world. Um, If you look at pictures of lightning that are published in all sorts of places, you typically see them from Tucson because we have uh, very high cloud bases, pretty sunsets, big mountains, and a swarrow cactus in the foreground. I was involved in an African project, and they actually chose a picture from Tucson just to illustrate uh, the beauty and uh, so on of ma- of lightning. So the lightning frequency here is not real high, but um, the Center for Collecting Data across the U.S. and across the world is actually here in Tucson.
0: Let's get to basics. What causes lightning? There's a few
1: primary things that have to happen, you have to have an updraft, that's vertical motion, air moving upward quickly, Th- through the temperature layers colder than freezing. There's always ice involved and up around 15 to 25,000 feet roughly. In the summertime in the United States, there's a mixture of water particles, supercooled water, hail and uh, ice crystals. And each one of them has its own charge, and in this updraft, they are mixed in turbulence, and sooner or later, uh, the lightning flash will initiate and then come down to the ground in many cases.
0: How many volts of electricity are in a lightning bolt? Is there a typical number?
1: Well, it's a little hard to come up with it, but it's in the, in the millions. So Really?
0: Uh, yeah. And how fast is a bolt of lightning?
1: Well, the speed of, of lightning has actually been measured, it's about the third of a speed of light, so that's about 60,000 miles a second.
0: Is that and, why it's uh, so loud?
1: Well, when lightning tears through the air, it's actually ripping apart the molecules and the thunder is the result of uh, the air essentially being put back together again.
0: Is there a way to tell how far away lightning is based on the, the thunder?
1: Yes, very definitely. Uh, Sound travels about five seconds per mile. So if you see a lightning flash and you hear its thunder and it's five seconds after you saw it, that's one mile. Um, We generally like to say that if you hear thunder, it's close enough to be dangerous and you don't (laughs) really um,
0: try to cut corners. What's the 30-30 rule and, and does it work?
1: Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a guideline for two parts of the lightning safety issue. The 30 seconds, if it's five seconds per mile, 30 seconds is six miles. And we've done a number of studies that have shown that uh, most lightning occurs within six miles, the, the one flash to the next. But there are some that are even further than that. So 30 seconds from what we call flash to bang is uh, close enough. That's further away than you might think. And then the 30 minutes in the 30-30 rule, the second 30, relates to how long to wait until you resume activities. Now, if you're in the backyard and you're just uh, working in the yard and you have lightning and you hear the thunder within 30 seconds and you go inside, you might be able to go back out after 15 minutes. But when you have thing like a little league game or a larger crowd, you wanna wait 30 minutes just to make sure the storm is over.
0: And then there are all these things that people say you should do if you're stuck outside. If there are trees, get under a tree. Is that a good idea?
1: Well, trees are probably the number one source of lightning deaths in the world. Um, A lot of bad things happen under trees. Um, The bark explodes. There's ground current comes out from um, the the trunk. um, The side flashes come out from the... uh, side up to, out to a person shrapnel flies out um 10 to 15 percent of all lightning deaths worldwide for the studies i've seen in the last couple hundred years are, are due to trees
0: and aren't and trees men are, and aren't men more likely to die from lightning than than women why is that
1: well i'd like to say that men are more risk-taking um it's also Men tend to be in outdoor activities more, but I do think it's uh, it's a mentality unfortunately that uh, I'll go ahead and um, put myself at risk in hiking or boating or whatever it may be and um i'll I'll tough it out sort of thing <laughs> so that's it's uh, unfortunately we also see've seen that for centuries but a lot of it was due to agricultural activities in, the, in countries like the U.S. and Western Europe. Um, these days, it still is true. It's a little bit less male-dominated in the U.S. Than, re- than it was maybe 50 years ago.
0: I'm speaking with Ronald Holley, a meteorologist on today's Please Explain, our are taking a look at lightning. This is dot WMYC, org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Does the number of lightning storms depend on the season?
1: Yes, uh, in the United States, uh, about two thirds of all lightning is in June, July, and August. And uh, why is that? Well, lightning originates from you need this updraft at the uh, upper levels. The only way, one of the main ways to get that, not the only way, is from heating of the ground during the day. And uh, around two thirds of all lightning occurs between noon and around six PM local time. So. You need the updraft due to the heating of the land, and um, there are other situations, nighttime storms, coastal storms, some over mountains, but overall it's, it's likely to be afternoon in the summer in, in the United States.
0: And you said that Arizona doesn't have as much lightning as some states. What states get hit most by lightning?
1: Well, in terms of the density, the number of flashes per square mile in Florida winds hand down, hands down. So. Florida, Louisiana, um, the Gulf Coast states. Um, Arizona actually does very well during July and August. We actually have lightning rates that are equal Florida, but it only lasts about eight or nine weeks. It hasn't started here yet. We're waiting for the monsoon season to arrive in a couple of weeks.
0: There are a number of different types of lightning. What's cloud to ground lightning? What's sheet lightning? What's heat lightning? What's thunder, snow lightning?
1: Uh, Those are all good ones. Yes, I've studied all those. Anyway, cloud-to-ground lightning is the one that, of course, comes from the cloud. It originates up in that colder-than-freezing layer, comes down to the ground, and affects people and objects and trees, and if there's nothing nearby, it'll hit open ground. It'll even hit open water. There's... Cloud lightning, which stays in the cloud, if you watch a storm, you'll see it flickering, but it doesn't come to ground. There's probably around three three or even four times as many flashes in the cloud as there are that come to ground. Um, Sheet lightning is horizontal lightning that travels within a cloud. It's not out in the open, but it's within a cloud. And we actually just published a paper that I wasn't indirectly involved in in the longest Flash that was ever recorded so far was uh, 250 miles long, and hmm. in, uh, in Oklahoma, and lasted. And there's another one in France that met, lasted seven and a half seconds. That was sheet lightning. And then thunder snow is an uh, interesting phenomenon that happens pretty well. Uh, most concentrated in the Great Lakes area, in the lee, lee of the lakes, where you have uh, snow bands coming in uh, the waters still above freezing, and you have extremely cold temperatures aloft.
0: So <clears throat> we, um, I have lots more questions, but we also have a lot of calls, and I want to get to some of our listeners here. Theo from Newport Harbor, you're on the air. Why? Hello. Hello, Theo. Can you hear
2: me? Yeah. Oh, I listen to your show all the time. I think it's great, and this is fascinating uh, for me. I live on my sailboat. Well, most of the time now, not all the time. My wife and I and our grandson and a cousin were sailing off Cape Ann uh, for Maine. Uh, it was eight years ago, and ex- we had uh, a couple of extreme storm cells pass over and around us. And the third one was just so dramatic. We we knew that there was no way we'd get out without being struck. We uh, knew that we shouldn't be holding on to any of the uh, metal parts of the boat, and so we were not. But uh, indeed, the lightning uh, hit the masthead and went down the backstay and exploded off of the backstay at the ceramic pensioner. At the uh, there's a hydraulic cylinder there, and uh, it was the smell. The it's the, the color and the smell were extraordinary. All I get to think it just everything smelled sort of green. And purpley, it was, uh, it was just uh, uh oh, uh, uh, extraordinary uh, uh, situation. But you weren't personally
0: hurt. You weren't personally hit, were you?
2: No, no well. The boat was hit, but none of us were yeah. hurt. It, it, the, the, the lightning, the direct voltage, did not come into the vessel. It exploded off of the backstay. So the direct voltage went down the, the uh, uh, stainless steel, uh. <clears throat> uh cable that keeps the mast, you know, held back, and then ex- exploded out into the atmosphere before it went into the boat.
0: Ron, but, were they lucky?
1: Uh, they were very fortunate, because of, um, I'm not an expert in protection of um, boats and ships, but uh, the smaller the, the vessel, the more likely it is to find um, something bad happen and, and to a person, and... In our latest statistics uh, on the National Weather Service website, uh, gov, in the last 10 years, water-related um, activities are the number one cause of death in, in the United States. It's uh, on the beach, on boats, and fishing, rivers, uh, tubing, those sorts of things. So in general, water is flat, and anyone who is on it is taller than that flat surface, and lightning tends to come to things that are tall, isolated, and pointed, and the sailboat certainly qualifies there. And
0: we have another caller who has a sailboat. Michael from Long Island, you're on the air.
2: Yeah, hi. Uh, I had a uh, similar question, but uh, what is the probability of a strike. Is uh, a boat with a proper
1: grounding system, uh, with the mass grounded, more or less likely to attract the strike? The uh, well, lightning. 55 feet, and that I think that's a kind of a a, a special number in terms of what are they call it, the the leaders. So, is it more likely to be struck with or without the proper grounding?
0: And well, and is it more likely to be struck when it's in the water or when it's on land?
1: Well, two things. Okay, it pro- it doesn't really matter whether it's on water or land, um, in in the sense that it's still tall, isolated, and pointed. So lightning protection, such as lightning rods, are really very common. If you look on power lines, on uh, substations, police stations, hospitals, where you really don't want interruptions to power, they're all over the place. Franklin rods, lightning rods, they don't attract lightning, but what they do is take the strike that's already going to happen and take it safely into the ground or the water. So they're not attracting it, but they're controlling it, I guess, is one way to look at it. But
0: wouldn't the water be more dangerous with electricity in it?
1: Well, it, it comes down and goes, dissipates into the ground uh-huh. if you have the proper grounding. And water is very dense, so it, it can dissipate it well, just like uh, the earth does also. So properly designed protection, will take the strike that's going to happen and take it down through a, a wire, a rod in the, on the ground, um, six feet deep down into the ground, and dissipate it and kill the worms. That's the way I look at it. So.
0: <laughs> Mike from Queens, you're on the air.
1: Yes, yeah, so, hello. I'm uh, calling about lightning rods itself. You were alluding to a little earlier, and uh, does every building have to have a lightning rod? Every new building or structure have to have a lightning rod installed on it? I was talking to some, some builders who said they don't, not everyone has to have one, but I would think it would be a good idea to have a lightning rod. Oh, well, that's a good question. It goes back to Benjamin Franklin. His idea is still essentially the, the right thing. Um, modern buildings have wiring and plumbing that are grounded according to building code. And so when lightning hits the buildings, not if, but when, every 100 years or so, every house in the U.S. on the average is hit by lightning, um, it comes through the wiring and plumbing. And due to the building codes, it goes down into the ground. So, if you, what happens is that during that path of going from, say, the hit to the roof or the chimney down to the ground, you don't want to be touching conducting wiring and plumbing, such as taking a shower or a corded landline phone. Um, and on the way down, it will certainly hurt someone inside of a building, but. It, it may occasionally catch the house on fire, and that happens sometimes because things are not done right. So a lightning rod is an, a, a bit of uh, insurance against anything happening, but uh, because we already have the infrastructure of the building providing some protection, it's it's not as important as it was 100 years ago when there no, was no wiring and plumbing and cow cal- Houses caught on fire and killed people inside, right and left.
0: But you suggest that we, if we're taking a shower, we should get out as quickly as possible? Absolutely. Okay, well, we have to get out for just a moment because we have to take a little break here. Uh, we uh, are taking your calls at 212 433. 9692. You can write to us on our show page at WNYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. My guest is Ronald Holley, H-O-L-L-E, a meteorologist currently working at Visala, which is an international company that makes weather tracking equipment. We'll talk about that in a little while and take more of your calls and find out what happens when someone is struck by lightning all after this. And we are back with Ronald Holly, a meteorologist who is a consultant at, with Vaisala, an international company that makes weather tracking equipment. He is the author, co-author of 71 formally reviewed journal papers and 15 books and book chapters. And we're taking your calls at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at WNYC.org on Facebook or Twitter. Or our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Philip from Queens, you're on the air.
3: Hi. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. This
3: is uh, great. I uh, I wasn't hit by lightning myself, but my best friend from college was hit three times.
0: Oh. Wow. Uh, uh,
3: he's from Swaziland, and the doors and windows were not so great, and the lightning would actually come in through the windows and roll around as ball lightning, which, uh, to my understanding, is not... Very well known or we don't understand as well how it happens maybe you do maybe you can tell me more about that but the third time he actually uh, he went unconscious and he woke up in the morgue because they thought they proclaimed him dead uh, a few minutes before he woke up um, and when I knew him he had uh, he had a lung he had a lung problem where his lung actually collapsed, and this was a leftover damage from being hit by the lightning. So. Ron? Yeah, a couple
1: things. Um, the uh, situation, if he was in Swaziland, I'm actually quite involved in a new project involving um, lightning um, collecting data about lightning deaths and injuries in Africa and actually Southeast Asia, Bangladesh, and India, Um, we're seeing a large, large number of, of deaths and injuries now that we have better communications. And the typical scenario is just the opposite of the United States. In much of the developing world like Africa, Southeast Asia, and Indian subcontinent, people live in thatched roof buildings. They may be mud huts. They do not have wiring. They do not have plumbing. And so a strike to a dwelling or another building will preferentially find a person because it's a good conducting path to ground. And so um, the fatality rates in these countries are very high. We actually don't know, but we're working on that.
0: But uh, he had some damage. Uh, Is that typical? Uh, How often... Does uh, being hit by lightning cause death, and how often does it uh, lead to uh, nothing or some minor problem? Well, in his case, a serious problem with his lungs.
1: Well, in the United States, we have some uh, some data where the number of deaths uh, in recent years is around 30 per year. It used to be as high as 400 or 500, but now we have buildings and metal top vehicles where we can go. Um, The... uh, situation is that around 10 people are injured for every fatality from lightning in general uh, over a whole area, not not in a specific event. And so of those 10 injuries, um, several of them will have debilitating, potentially lifelong disabilities. It's a neurological problem as much as anything. Uh, A lot of different things can happen, but primarily it results from how long Did the breathing stop and how long did the heart stop? Mm. And so you want to, if it is very, very short, the recovery might not be too bad. However, it's never, never a good thing.
0: You said that in the United States because of plumbing and uh, wiring, we're less likely to have a problem. But if I was sitting at the window and lightning hit me, uh, would that be likely Uh, if I'm in a car? uh would uh, the lightning have uh, an impact on on my body
1: yes inside of a car you can get some damages but actually the the car is is one of the two safest places um the other one is a large well constructed building with the wiring plumbing that's grounded according to code which most buildings are so in a vehicle absolutely studied dozens of cases of uh, situations where people have been inside cars. It's a scary, nasty experience. However, it's better than being outside at the same place. Um, When lightning hits the car, it goes around the outside, sort of like water being splashed onto the car, and it goes around the outside, and it goes through the metal components seeking ground, and eventually it goes to the axle, and it'll blow blow out the tires more often than not on the way on the path to ground. The tires had absolutely nothing to do with your safety. It it was the um, Faraday cage it's called, the outer shell surrounding the person inside and the tires were an incidental uh, byproduct of the path that the lightning took seeking ground. Now the other thing that the caller asked about ball lightning um, that's something that is actually seen Fairly often, not often, but it 's seen there 's hundreds of cases of small um, balls, I guess of lightning, not very big, traveling through confined spaces in the presence of thunderstorms don 't really know a whole lot much much more about it, but uh, that would be consistent with a structure that 's not too well built and uh, um, it generally doesn 't cause death or injury, but it's it 's uh, associated with thunderstorms and lightning.
0: Let's take another call, John from Hoboken, you're on the air. John, are you there? John, we're on delay and you're not picking up the phone. Uh, Go to your phone, we'll take you uh, in a a moment, but I'm gonna go to another call. Uh, Let us go to Robert from Westchester. Hi, you're on the air.
2: Hi, thank you, Leonard, for taking my call. And
1: to your guest. I'm curious because of the amount of solar panels that are being placed on single-family homes as well as multifamily buildings or uh, uh, um, commercial buildings. Um, what is the likelihood of uh, a lightning strike now that these structures are going up because they all seem to be on steel and they're encased in steel as well? Well, once again, it's, it's not going to cause lightning to hit the building. But when it hits the building, um, I hope that uh, I actually haven't thought of this. That The path to ground is uh, well-made. I suspect it is because it's wiring and plumbing uh, of the biggest order. So it doesn't affect whether the house is going to be built, but it does affect the path that lightning hits uh, follows when it hits the house. So houses are hit pretty often. There's probably at least 150,000 insurance claims for lightning to houses in the U.S. every year. The number is somewhere around 150,000. So it's not at all uncommon. So the standard then for at least single-family homes, because they're all wood-frame, most of them are, uh, is there is there uh, has there been any um, technical information out there saying okay, well you now you've got to have a separate uh, uh, grounding system just for this this component as well? Is it is there anything that any recommendations that you would make? Well, I I don't really know of that situation. There's a lot of solar panels here in Tucson also, and houses, we have a lot of lightning here. Um, The wiring and plumbing is almost certainly, um, just looking at our neighbor's house here, there's a long cable coming down, and that is certainly going to be connected to the wiring and plumbing, which by code, electrical code and building code, goes into the ground. So I would think that the lightning path, when it hits the house, eventually will come down that path and go into ground. It might damage it, who knows, but I don't think it's uh, a whole lot different than any other part of the structure.
0: How often does lightning cause fires in parks or forests?
1: Well, in the western U.S., about half of all the forest fires are caused by lightning. We have a half a dozen of them burning right now in southern Arizona, they're not very big. They were all started by um, dry thunderstorms about a week ago. and they uh, it's just part of the ecology of this particular area. Um, Lightning-caused fires occur all over the country, um, but because it's drier here, they tend to uh, propagate further, and historically, they've always been here.
0: What kind of work do you do at Vaisala, which is spelled V-A-I-S-A-L-A?
1: Yes, it's Vaisala. It's a Finnish company. I headquartered out of Finland, so I write. I study the lightning data collected by the National Lightning Detection Network, the NLDN, which is owned and operated by Vaisala. We also have a global network covering the entire world, detecting around one to two million strokes a day globally every day of the year. So, where and when lightning occurs, how often it occurs, what are the meteorological conditions—those uh, are the kind of things I study. I also help organize. We have scientific conferences every two years, and I interact with university people and uh, researchers around the world, provide data to qualified people, um, write papers, and uh, I find a lot of things to do.
0: A listener wonders, can the energy in a lightning strike be stored somehow in news later?
1: That's a good question. Um, the duration of a lightning the ground flash is between a tenth of a second and around half a second. Now, it's extremely powerful for a very short time, and the problem is that it only strikes that particular point. The channel of lightning is about an inch across, so the probability of a specific point being, location being hit by lightning is very low, and then you'd have to have a method to store a very short but a, incredibly intense event um, instantaneously and so when you do the math of the duration and everything else it it really isn't um, practical even the biggest buildings in the world are only hit a few dozen times a year and each one of those is only a few few tenths of a second
0: what's a lightning splash
1: sometimes we see cases where lightning hits something like say the ground or pavement and especially if it's wet and will actually splash horizontally and uh, you can see sparks. I just saw a video yesterday of uh, lightning hitting a tree in Pacific Northwest and uh, sparks went flying out in all directions almost like it was a splash. It's it's just a it's a byproduct of how lightning uh, affects what's on the ground.
0: We have time to sneak one more call in, Carl, from Red Bank, New Jersey.
1: Hello. Can you make it quick? Yes. um, I'm a
2: scuba diving instructor, and we're told not to dive when there's lightning storms in the area. But I'm wondering if you're underwater, are you in danger from being struck uh,
1: since the uh, fish don't seem to die? Mm -hmm. And I also wonder, is salt water different from fresh water? Okay, two good questions. One of the first thing is that when lightning hits the surface of the ocean or a lake, um, happens all the time, lots of lightning over the ocean, um, not as much as over land. Anyway, it tends to spread out horizontally across the surface uh, of the water and very close to, to the surface, and that's why fish don't die underneath. However, in the case of scuba diving or in other situations, I've talked to divers who have, um, wiring uh, connecting and air hoses connecting up to a boat uh, that path is very vulnerable so if you're way way down I suppose you're okay. I don't think I recommend it because then you have you have to come up sometime and you have to estimate when the storm is going to be done and you don't really, there's really no way to know that so uh, I, lightning in detail as far as exactly where and when it happens is relatively random and uh, I don't recommend trying to outcast where it's going to be.
0: We have uh, pretty much out of time but what's the lightning myth you encounter most often?
1: Well the cloud to ground lightning is the one that we worry about the most because it uh, affects people and it affects power utilities and it affects uh, houses and everything else so uh, the, the dominant one for Everyday life is the cloud-to-ground lightning. There is a lot more lightning in the clouds, and as a meteorologist and other disciplines, it's useful to know where that lightning was in the cloud, which we can track now. And we've got to but
0: leave it there, unfortunately. Ronald Holly is sure. a meteorologist with Vaisala, and uh, it's been a great pleasure having you on today's Please Explain.